Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Subwave Network podcast. I'm Scott, and this is a new beginning. So yes, I am back solo hosting the show. During this week's episode, I will be explaining the format of the podcast moving forward, telling you all this season's theme, and my main segment today is an interview with Sawyer Harrington Verb, who composed the theme for this very podcast. We chat a bit about he, how he created the theme, the music of Doctor Who over the years, and a little bit about music in film and TV overall. So, first things first, the format. I'm going to be continuing with the planned episodes every two weeks. Um, my current plan is that once a month I'll be joined by a guest, um, and once a month you'll be treated to a tangent solely explored by myself. There will still be uploads on the YouTube channel, though not as regularly as it otherwise may have been, um, but still keep an eye on our YouTube channel for some interviews and some other cool bits that I will upload there. Up next is our interview segment, but please stick around till after the interview as I will be revealing this season's theme. Hope you enjoy. I'm now joined by my guest for today's episode. My guest is Sawyer Harrington Verb, who created the theme for this very podcast and has joined me today to talk about music and the music of Doctor Who. Welcome to the podcast, Sawyer. Of course. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being here. All right. So question to kick us off. Um, when did your sort of love of music begin? Um, well, my, uh, I think... I've always had a love for music. It wasn't until high school that I really decided I'm going to do music and I'm going to compose. Um, but like my parents met in a college glee club. So it's very that. much in my vein. And then, um, yeah, I've sung all my life. I've been musical theater is also really where it kind of took off. And now I'm in now I'm studying um, screen scoring and uh, stuff for film and television. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it, it's it's been it's been there all along. It's been there all and, along, and in some really, way or another. Yes, love that. Um, so, what approach did you take when it came to creating the theme for this here podcast? Um, so it it was a lot of just listening to the theme over and over again. There's a lot of um, really interesting um, different intervals and and um, figures I was able to play with. And it, it sticks, it's definitely very much in the same, like it, it, listening to like the, the ninth, 10th and 11th, like doctor intros. It's a lot of just pounding strings and, yeah. and, and stuff like that. So that was really kind of where I, I stuck with it. Um, so the, and the instrument that, that plays in the original theme is it's, so it's a theremin. Yeah. Um, uh, this, I, I, I wanted to do a theremin. The, the, the sample that I did have was, uh, it's an instrument called an own Martineau. Um, that is so like, um, there's a very famous piece by Messian called the Tarangalila symphony. And that is just this big, massive, um, um, concerto for this instrument. Um, so it sounds a lot like a theremin, but, and it, I think it works. And then there's also the cello, which is, uh, you gotta thank the Tina Guo cello sample. So, um, which you hear in everything, um, mm. just absolutely everything. So, yeah amazing yeah the the strings are so heavy it's funny like the yeah. the doctor who theme has obviously like evolved over time like for the main show since like radiophonic workshop stuff when it started mm -hmm. but 
you know, you regardless of what f- version of the theme it is, like you you know straight away if you've heard it before, like that is the theme. Like the strings are such a like iconic part of music. The it's like it's it's probably a bit cliche to say, but like it's it's one of my favorite like pieces of music in Doctor Who is the theme. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's it's route one, but it's there. Like, do you have like when when you watch sort of TV or film, are you, are you listening out for the music? Definitely. The more that I've studied it and and paid attention to it, there's um, there's more than I notice. I mean, like if you just listen to commercials, all of that is. I mean, it's all sampled instruments. It's all in like just fake out of the box instruments. And that's not really something you can pick up on unless you write a lot in it. And so now that I write a lot in it, it's a little like um, partially you get a little bit of secondhand embarrassment for, oh, you couldn't hire an orchestra. Um, <laughs> which I mean, like the, the the big one is like Avatar The Last Airbender. The score to that is great. And he wrote like, um, and Jeremy Zuckerman wrote great music for that. He was stuck with samples for the whole run of it. And then they gave him an orchestra at the end and... For Legend of Korra, he said that he never went back and he it was just like strings ensembles and stuff like that. But you feel a little bit of secondhand embarrassment mm. for just having to use samples. So, I mean, that's the production side of it. That's what um, definitely that's what I'm feeling most lately. But also, but um, yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I love music and sometimes there's just fantastic pieces of music that just stick out to you nice do you ever i've always wondered do you ever like you know what you're watching something and you hear the music and you go like they've done that but like maybe like i'd have done this instead definitely yeah definitely oh i'm trying to think if there's a good example of that oh i mean yes absolutely (laughs) there's things that like oh i wish i was just the the i just watched um Actually, the big, the it's the other way around. Is they did the right thing. Okay. Was um, I was just watching Alien the other day, and so the ending, um, Jerry Goldsmith's score was like really cut up for that. So he wrote this big, massive score, and they really asked him to like simplify it. The theme that he wrote for the beginning was like completely scrapped, and then he had a, basically a, a version of that for the end credits. And they didn't even tell him. They replaced it with a piece of classical music. It is one. It is one of the most effective musical choices. Is the classical music? It's so like. Um, it, it, yeah. It, sometimes, it, it, sometimes it's the composer is not always right. Yeah. But definitely. Yeah. Definitely. There's times where you think, mm-hmm. oh yeah, they should have done this, and other times you're just surprised with what works. Yeah. It's funny because it, you know, you you see composers that ha- do have like access to a full orchestra, and then yeah. some who are stuck with, you know, the the. It's funny because you think back to when Doctor Who came back in two thousand and five, and Murray Gold just had like his synthesizers and like these samples, and was able to still create like great, um, you know, like impact with that music, and then eventually yeah. the show became successful enough for them to give him the full orchestra and the choirs yeah. and then you can just see the way like over his time especially over sort of like the ninth and tenth doctor eras as it starts to kind of like build up into like you know what we're left with uh, you know he 
there's a, there's a reason basically that he uh, was a composer from uh, 2005 through to 2017. Yeah, like he, yeah. He has done some amazing theater. Like, uh, do any of his themes like stand out for you? You know, so the one that the one that was not just my I think my favorite in all of Doctor Who, but just a piece of music that was very influential for me when I was first studying music. It was um, um, this is Gallifrey or Homer Childhood. That one, that one just hits me. One because it's so prominent in in the in the in the place in the the show where it happens. But on top of it, it's just. I mean that one. I think at that at that point, there's definitely live instruments in it. There's definitely yeah. the oboe and the guitars are all live. Uh, do you know if he had an orchestra at that point? Because that was season three. Yeah, I believe he did. I believe, but by that point, he does have the um, uh, blanking uh, on the name of it. The like Royal Welsh Orchestra. Yeah, I believe yeah. he has by by that point. Yeah, but that the the mixing and the writing, it's yeah, I yeah that that kind of stuff. It yeah, it's it really does. He like he wrote some some really like stellar themes that like still you know sit like i remember back back like when i was you know doing i remember it really like really well when i was doing my a levels and i would be revising and i would just put like a doctor who soundtrack on in the background just to have some like background music yeah um and it was brilliant until it got to like one of his like re like really powerful ones and then i would start to get distracted by listening yeah. to it I mean, yeah. you know, like for me, I go to like his his eleventh Doctor theme. I am the yeah. Doctor. Like mm. the the bit and the time that I found out that it's written in seven four, and yes. so of course the eleventh Doctor theme is written in seven four. Like he he did such a brilliant job of matching the themes to the Doctors, and that one. Yeah. Every time they play it, like I could hear that now, and I just like spring in my step, like that's. You know, that also like the other doctor is like my doctor. Um, yeah. So it just adds, it, it adds that to it for me. The 11th doctor. Yeah. That music is, that music is, it's big. It's intense. It is. Um, it's also, it's quirky. It feels like, and it definitely matches like the show at that point was getting bigger budgets and the, you know, the, um, um, the effects and the the story yeah. itself was kind of just like growing and it, it just matched so perfectly like yeah i mean what is it the musical moment that also always sticks out to me um when there's the girl who has to sing on the planet oh um, in uh, rings of akaten yeah that one because there's a girl who has to sing and then it just it after she sings i think it breaks down into this big orchestra mm -hmm. i haven't seen it since it came out um so it's something i'm just trying to remember but like it, yeah it's it is it's just quirky and it works it yeah it's it's one of the few moments from that episode that i do enjoy i you know, definitely mentioned on the podcast before that is not my favorite episode, but, that, but, but the, but the music in that and the music choices in that are like spectacular. That is mm -hmm. always, cause I find it funny. Uh, people sort of always go one way or another, especially with like the Murray gold stuff. 
of either like it's brilliant and like he's the re he's part of the reason why the show is doing so well because his music elevates it and then the other people that complain that like his music is like too over the top and too powerful you know yeah you know well in that case it's it's where i fall on that is it's it's perfect and it's because the thing is the show is just so goddamn over the top like you really can't you can't people there's that there's the a giant debate in film scoring now do you have the music kind of sit back and and, and um and elevate or do you just have it come like crashing over the head a little like a little bit of the theory that i've come up with is that um good and and this is going to sound like a diss of doctor who it is not good good movies and good television don't need a lot of score because they do all the legwork in terms of storytelling in terms of world building and the music is just there to elevate it you really have to place where it's going to go really well you have to really think about what exactly you're adding with the music if something's bad like i think that's why like superhero themes are so big it i mean not necessarily superhero movies are bad but they're they're simpler the music has to do a lot of the legwork in terms of building things up in that in that way doctor who is a little bit more on that end but it's not even necessarily you have to make up for the fact that the um the 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 source material is like is simpler and stuff like that it's that you have to match the energy that the source material is going at so yeah i mean you can't go (laughs) you can't go too small with doctor who yeah yeah, definitely. That's the thing. Like, you've got to match when there are those big, you know, there are, there have been, you know, moments like the big, the big Doctor speeches. That's the thing. The first time that you hear, like, yeah. I'm the Doctor is the 11th Doctor standing on the top of a building, yep. walking through a projection of the past Doctors telling the Atraxi, like, stay yeah. away, this planet is defended. Like, you have yeah. to, you have to match that, you know. I remember I listening to um, an interview Murray Gold did a few years ago that I re-listened to. Um, he's talked about like n- spotting the moments of silence as well. Yeah. And, like, he was cautious of not being too over the top with it. And, you know, like spotting the, spotting the silence and then feeling what he only, what he needed to. So he was very yeah. cautious to not go over the top. I wonder like, you know, in the, in, in that case, I'll say I think I, I don't necessarily think he failed, but I'm gonna say it's a lot harder to find spots where it should be silent than than not. I yeah, I mean yeah. especially with the eleventh. I mean I am definitely a eleventh Doctor critic. It wasn't my favorite, and um I haven't. I mean I haven't gone back to watch Capaldi and uh, Whitaker. They're on the list though. I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm working through it now, but it's. I mean at least for me, it's it, it just. I don't even remember what I was just saying, but it just like it, it yeah, it's it, it that's the thing. It's I don't I don't necessarily like all the theming and all the characters characterization that happened with the eleventh doctor. I think it was just messy and, and not really well thought out, which I'm sure there's people yeah. there's yeah. lots of people who think that. Yeah. To, to tie it back I, into the music, the music is the thing that, that sticks out and it's stellar mm. and it works it's like the 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 iconography of the 11th doctor is what mm-hmm. worked the best yeah yeah it, it's funny thinking like you know murray gold did that he also did you know themes for the ninth the 10th the, and the 12th yeah you know he was there for so long looking back and looking at like very few composers stuck around especially during the classics it like 
I went back and looked, obviously, you know, there's the original theme like that was written by Ron Grainer and then Dean yeah. Derbyshire and the Radiophonic Workshop like actually created it. But then you look at like the incidental music composers and aside from um, Dudley Simpson, who was around for, I think it was about 16 years, he did 62 stories. Mm-hmm. No other like incidental music composer in the classic series stuck around for more than like 10 stories. It was yeah. very chop and change. And that's, I wonder if that's why like I, when I, if I look back now and I go and watch classic episodes, like I don't really think about the music because, you know, that probably also reflects the way that TV back then was made. Yeah. Whereas now, like there's a lot more, you know, you look at Murray Gold's been there right up until the start of the Whitaker and then the stuff that Sagan Akinola has done, like it's much more stripped back and it's, you know, using synthesizers again, um, which, you know, is how Murray Gold started mm-hmm. off as well. It's, everyone who has had like their go at it there there are still ways to like reimagine all of the music in the show yeah it's like that's that that that's one of the things that i love like about this show you know it is a show that is about constant change yeah i mean there's definitely um yeah i mean people people like to see see a lot of things very like i think very simply when it comes to relationships between like creators and composers people love to like point out like and like Shyamalan who just constantly uses James Newton Howard or I'm trying to think of some other good ones like Hitchcock and Herman people just love to have these these pairings of of the work that's being created and the composer that's working on them there's definitely something to gain when something changes a lot like that i mean the one that comes to mind is like the harry potter series yeah because john williams the first and the second one are essentially the same score uh, just slightly different then the third one he completely changed it and then he he um didn't go on to do any of the others and so it went through a lot of composers and it's there there is something to learn when you see a bunch of people do the exact same thing there's there's very rare circumstances where you even get to see people do the exact same scene. Those kinds of things are really are really interesting. There is one that I it's a good rejected score I was thinking about. Yeah, but like ones that like um oh god, is it Torn Curtain? That was a Bernard Herman score that was tossed out. Um and John Addison did the score afterwards. And it's you get to see what kind of what they did and bernard Harmon's score is insane there's like 20 horns and something like that um and yeah so yeah i mean being able to see people approach the same thing yeah basically it's there's something eye-opening to it that maybe you don't necessarily get when one person works on it for a long time that being said marie gold changed so much yeah he i mean he yeah he he has he has he has done a brilliant job like to you know to be on the show for as long as he was to keep you know writing all of these doctor themes and these companion themes and you know like there's 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 so many like when i think of his era like i think of like his like theme from doomsday you know the um, yeah the uh, yeah i mean like I, i mean the biggest thing is like the the um 
the I'm the doctor stuff is just so big and loud and ambrunctious. And part, part of it is the limitations of technology. What sounds good in samples sounds completely different than what you can get with an orchestra. But the, the just the textures and the themes that he was right. I mean, I'm rewatching Eccleston now and the music is it's so much sadder than anything that you necessarily get later on like the the female voice that comes back in doomsday that um that that's eccleston's theme it's it's just very yeah it's very sad and then as it goes on it gets a little bit it gets yeah. a little bit more punched up it gets a lot more cartoony and colorful mm. and yeah and they definitely like i think the bbc kind of realized you know in more recent years like quite how much people were attached to the music you know like they they always put out the soundtracks and people bought the soundtracks and i remember this like big commotion um with um uh the capaldi episode heaven sent where there was a whole album just for the i mean it's it's a fantastic episode whole album just for the soundtrack but then they started to do you know there have been various like doctor who proms that have done which have been so successful there was I was reminded um, today of something uh, back in 2015, they did this thing called the Doctor Who Symphonic Spectacular, where I think they did like, they did a couple of shows in Australia, a couple of shows in America. And I went to, I went to like the opening of it in England. It was uh, at Wembley Arena hosted by uh, Peter Davison, who was the fifth doctor, where it was just massive orchestra people walking around in costumes, you know, like, like they've done at the proms and, and big screen with like video to match the moments. And I went back and like found photos and videos from it. And it was just like, it was so amazing. They really like, they knew how to tune in to like, people will buy tickets and they will go and just watch people play music from Doctor Who. That is. Yeah. I mean, that's the larger trend now is because people aren't necessarily going to symphony orchestras and orchestral composer or, or or film composers and television composers are really some of the only people who are really consistently making and or um 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 making orchestral music in a in a in a um perpetual way so yeah so it's that kind of stuff is really gonna save things also I think it's also just it is very interesting that people are paying people do pay a lot more attention to the music now um i think like with um the mandalorian they're doing a very oh. similar thing every single every single episode is being released as its own album um and yeah i mean part of it is that if you know film scoring is as much a commercial um adventure as um uh you know just making the damn thing but like it's um yeah that's stuff that people also want to hear and also care about on top of it there's definitely scores that do not work outside of <laughs> yeah thing and there are scores that um um that do that just are pieces of music in their own right i mean like i mean that's essentially kind of what john williams that's that's why he's so popular and so yeah powerful it's because every single one of his scores is something that you kind of just listen to outside of it i, I think more than you would get with a lot of other um composers yeah definitely and that's kind of why like you mentioned the mandalorian like the stuff that um ludwig goranson has done like i never thought i would be like so attached to 
a piece of Star Wars music not written by John Williams. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. N- no one no one saw that coming. That Like, what he has done... I mean, you know, the show has reinvented so many different aspects of yeah. Star Wars anyway. Mm. Like, you know, this is not a Mandalorian podcast, but thank you, John Favreau <laughs> and Dave Filoni. You yes, two. <laughs> the, the, the Mandalorian has been one of the really shining lights of, of like, last the last year. Yes, it's, yes. <laughs> but, uh, like, the, the music is so brilliant on that like yes yeah. yeah it really does you know sh- like there are obviously ones that you do really get attached to and ones that you kind of like yeah yeah okay. it, it worked it worked it, but it, it uh, did its job but yeah but i don't need to go out and buy the album and listen to the album yeah and people are definitely they're aiming their scores a little bit more in, in that direction lately especially if they're awesome going for award stuff which oh Oh, they are too. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. E- even like, you know, you can tell when a film from any aspect is going for awards, but, and you yep. can really tell when like the film score is the... Yep. Yep, they're mm-hmm. really, and they're really going for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, the equivalent of the, um, uh, what, what was it? The, I think it was uh, The Post, the like um, Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Meryl <laughs> Streep. Yes, yep. Like, oh God. Hmm, so you want an Oscar, do you? <laughs> oh God, yes. Make it about make it about newspapers and and then put a good John Williams score on top mm-hmm. of it, and it'll work. Yep. And they all got nominated, and they won nothing. Nothing, but that is the stuff that gets nominated. Yes. Yes. Uh, they, they, you know, it, it's it's nice sometimes just to see someone go so route one. So what? So route one for it. Like, yeah. I'm just. Oh yeah. Yep. I'm just going for that. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's. We'll bring the. We'll bring the focus back onto uh, Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you are also a little bit of a Doctor Who fan. What are, I am. Yeah. What are your like go-to Doctor Who episodes? Whether that is for the the, the music Ooh. or just the stories themselves, music or stories themselves. Well, like um, I think a, a good one for for is um, for both music and because I already mentioned this is Gallifrey. The whole it, I I don't know what other people's thoughts on it, but that the 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 whole season three finale. Oh, with the yeah with the. And that one's the one with the master, right? Yeah. 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 That one is just fantastic. And they, mm-hmm. they, they, that was, that. I feel like, especially when they got the master in there, that was like the beginning of them, like, or part of them punching it up a little bit more, a little bit more cartoony. That one just works great. And then um, the ones I always think about are like mid, uh, Midnight and, um, I mean, it's just David Tennant for me. It's really just David Tennant. <laughs> And Chris I mean, Blackison, I love him too. And mm-hmm. um, I was just, I was, me, me, and my girlfriend and her family were just looking through all of the because we we just got HBO Max, so we're watching it through now. Um, and we we're just looking through, and we were like, "Oh, that season was good. That season was great. That season was fine." And season season six, the Matt Smith one, that was oh, the one with the is, silence. Yeah. And what else? Oh, Hitler. Mm-hmm. Um, even even as a one, even as a Matt Smith fan, there are parts of of series six that I find it really hard to defend. Oh, I was gonna say Love Fest. <laughs> no, no, say no, those there, were the ones with the bangers. There, there are some great moments, but I know that that is a season that is uh, 
not not loved by everyone no that makes yeah but but you know <laughs> every every episode of doctor who is either the best or worst episode ever it's you know it's the most overrated and yeah. episode at the same time and you know that's yeah things i love about the show is that yep. you can have this discussion and you know that is the reason that there are seven thousand doctor who podcasts that exist yes um number not fact checked but you know what i'm probably not too far off you're not too far yes <laughs> uh, yeah that is that is brilliant okay mm. there's a there's a question that i've always wanted to ask you so you know you're now you're studying like film score and you know this has been you know like your your whole whole life journey up to this point it's has been about you know like making music yes what i want to know what would be your dream project Oh my god! You know, definitely. I mean, I'm in I'm in grad school right now, so the 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 real answer for that is anything that will give me money and ask me to write music for it. That's where I am right now. In truth, I mean, the, uh, I mean the things I really want to do. I really I love you know I love um, family stuff and children's stuff. I mean, uh, I was just in a. Um, group of people talking and one of the one of the the, um was one of the the things i said was yeah if i could just walk into into the building of pixar and be doing something with music that's kind of the holy grail Mm -hmm. yeah if they were like we've we've got a new original movie coming out we would like whatever it is i'll say yes to it absolutely it's about or you know if learning to love i will do it or if Pixar ever start losing money, Sawyer, can you do the theme for Cars 24? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but also like what not to love about Pixar. And like, yeah. the, the, um, you know, I've been watching the, they've just did this um, like mini series on Disney Plus of Inside, yes, Pixar. Inside Pixar. Oh my God. It's just, it looks like such an amazing place to work. Yeah. And like I'm, I'm sure it is incredibly difficult when you do watch like documentaries about stuff being made there. Yeah, on top of it, it's also Pixar is definitely they also definitely did that to, I think show showcase some of their diversity and some of their success yeah, stories as they, opposed to some of the other stuff that is yeah, really not. Yeah, okay. they, they 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 like movie side brilliant, but yes, brilliant, they have yes. had. They have had some, uh, some, some, you know. Yeah. You, you don't need to see the the documentary of here's the person that that uh, you know wrote this thing for Doctor Who one because we already have a load of behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, there's not the same uh, <laughs> other issues, shall we say? Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that almost wraps up um, our interview mm-hmm. for today. Before we do finish, Sawyer, is there anything you would like to talk about, plug, mention for the listeners? Oh, oh my God. Uh, I have a website. Mandalorian's good if you haven't seen in it. <laughs> so is Soul. What other things have I talked about that aren't Doctor Who that I already mentioned? No, I got nothing to plug other than live, be happy, and uh break lots of legs 
in the in the theater in, sense in, not in the, the in, in the, the theater, theater sense, sense, not the... sense when all of the theaters open which hopefully they will do soon yes <laughs> um brilliant pleasure thank you um, thank Sawyer. you all of the links to where you can find Sawyer will be on the website when this episode goes out um thank you once again for appearing on this and for uh, writing our lovely podcast theme of course thank you i hope you all enjoyed that interview it was a very fun one to do it's nice when i get a chance to talk about a different aspect of who occasionally as well as the other tangents we went down um, now as i said at the end of the interview there will be links on the website post for this episode uh, for where you can find sawyer and his work and big thanks once again to Sawyer for joining me for that interview. Now, as promised, it is time to reveal the theme for this season. This season's theme is going to be... Drum roll, please. One of my worst drum rolls. Underrated, underappreciated, and misunderstood. You wouldn't think that I used to be a drummer, would you? <laughs> Thank you. Um... Yes, so this is the theme. This theme takes inspiration from various other podcasts, both inside and outside the Doctor Who podcasting world, um, and is going to allow me and my series of guests to talk about various topics um, from anything in the wider world of Doctor Who that we think are in any way underrated, underappreciated, or misunderstood. There will be discussion of things from New Who, from Classic Who, from spin-offs. I already have so many ideas for the tangents that I'm going to be taking you down uh, listeners in my solo episodes and I am really looking forward to seeing what my guests bring that they want to talk about that they believe are underrated parts of the worlds of Doctor Who listeners my question for you this episode what do you think is underrated, underappreciated or misunderstood in the worlds of Doctor Who? Please let me know with a comment on the website post, send the podcast a message on social media, the all of the all the ways you can contact us. Let me know what do you think about this theme. So, it's going to be it's gonna, I get the feeling it's going to be a fun series. Until next time, this is the Subwave Network, signing off. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Enjoying the podcast? Consider giving us a review or tell your friends about us. Want to find out more? Well, you can check out our website, thesubwavenetworkpodcast.com, to contact the show and find links to the podcast socials. And don't forget to check out the YouTube channel featuring interviews and other cool vids. And no, I do not think the leaf at the end of Rings of Akaten is underrated, and I really hope none of my guests do. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>